Alright then, yes, yes. Welcome to episode three of Stakes is High. Stakes is High, the, the Black Nerd, Nerd Podcast. Podcast. Word up, word up. Uh, <laughs> no RIA on this joint. I'm your um, co-host, Troy Hunter, a.k.a. at Tall Black Guy on the Twitters and pretty much everywhere else. I am Terry Gant, a.k.a. Doc Midnight on Twitters and everywhere else. And we got special guests in the joint. Y'all go ahead, y'all cats, y'all introduce yourselves. I'll start with the cat right here to the near to the microphone. My name is Whitney Barber, and I'm trying to think now. Do I have a, a digital place, a site? Ah, I have a blog. The Calling. It's on blogger.com. I'm looking to my friend to correct me in case I say it wrong, because that tells you how often I visit. We'll fix that shortly. <laughs> I, say, I, no, I think it, we're it on is, Blogspot it is, now. It's, um, yes, it's, it's, uh, it's Blogger slash Blogspot, but it's a The Calling is... Whitney is 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 really cranking out some interesting writing. He's um, an indie RPG designer in the making. So, that's a thing. It's real. Yeah, that's a thing. That's real. And it's real for black people to do. Right. So I have, as far as game nerds go, you will be seeing this game coming soon to a site near you where you can download for money. Because gas ass of grass, nobody rides for free. Nobody rides for free. Word to KD. Word up. Right. Right. Yes. It's called The Calling. So that's where you can find Whitney. That up. Help me take care of my wife. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Where? My name is Arian Cobham. I'm at Little Laser on uh, Twitter and basically everything else. Laser with, with, a with a Z. Word up. Laser with a Z. Word up. Did I get that right? Ah. Um, and that's where I do most of my writing. Word up. I've always had a question about this. Mm-hmm. When I first met, when I, well, before I, when I understood that you were Little Laser, I thought perhaps you were like a physicist. Right, because I couldn't figure out why little laser. But then I have a theory. I think I know why you're a little laser. So of course, now after the theory, you are gonna break down what, how his theory is wrong. So go ahead. You're gonna have to because I'm I'm totally making this up. I'm getting ready. Because I know you're not a physicist. Right. Right. You're close. As far as you know. As far as I know, you're not splitting atoms. But it is. You are. You are an NBA obsessed individual, (laughs) and I suspect when you were like nine. You were like the dopest point guard in all of West Queens, and like you were the little laser, and you were just crossing over caps like a young Tim Hardaway, and like knifing through defenders. And if you're, if little nine-year-old Aaron Cobham could have been like in a video game, there would have been one of those like fox tracker laser dots following you around. Oh, see, I would watch sports if it was like that. And right. I'm, so that that is what I think. That is now why I think. You are a little lazy. Okay, now and you gotta be mad. Tell me how now. right I am. So first of all, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! And I actually only got that nickname because of my brother, my older brother, who's like eight or nine years older than me. Everybody used to call him Laser because he was fast. I don't know. I never seen him. I never seen him run. But <laughs> it's like a myth. They just assumed he didn't look fast. They like tell me he was fast. He looked sleek. And so because you know I was his little brother, they just called me Little Laser, and I never really. Went by that until college. I had a radio show and I started calling myself Little Laser on the radio. Okay. Plus, it sounds cool. It does. I I grew to appreciate it. Right. I hated it at first, but, you know. Makes sense. That's what happens when you get older. Was your brother ever on American Gladiators? (laughs) (laughs) Now we got to look it up. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Right. I mean, he could have done a lot of stuff you don't know. Like. He didn't, apparently he run fast. You didn't know. That's like the yeah. best answer ever. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Just go with that. Why? Go with that. I'm leaving uh, open the possibility why. that he was. That he did. Right. All right. So, <laughs> and I can say to our audience here, the, the background that I have with these guys is that Arian is a, a he 
you, he's in the tech world. You're a coder, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Like you make magic happen with with like ones and zeros. This is your <laughs> thing, right. right? Right. Whitney, I know from the world of comics and RPGs. Like Whitney, I've known Whitney since I don't know the, the white dude was president, right? Well, yeah, right. Back in the day, <laughs> Cooley High, like you know, standing on the street corners with like stripy shirts and baggy pants. Oh, you know, it was, that's, man, we go way back. Realness. Yeah, word. I, I feel it. Word. I feel that. All right, so cool. Well, like I said, welcome y'all to the show. Like I say, this is episode three, so you know, stakes remain high. Stakes remain high. It's been a more than a month since Especially we let last week. Right. Especially, it's been more than a month um, since we, um, we we convened. So it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. Well, some for y'all to step to, but we're gonna go on with this nice. episode three. So we're gonna start off with just gonna start off, get y'all into this format right now. Shit we like. Okay. We're gonna start that off. We're gonna start off like that. Shit we like. Shit we like. So I got two things. Um, two things I'm just gonna throw out. Uh, Run the jewels two. Um, Killer Mike LP. They, as far as a duo that didn't. It's kind of weird for them to be together, I suppose, because Killer Mike does an Atlanta thing. LP is like basically like this progressive, kind of grungy, like alt rock kind of hip hop kind of thing. But the fact they are together and they have so much fun, I think, really shows in this project. Um, also, when they came out with Run the Jewels 2, they announced that <laughs> because this is how dumb this is, they had a Kickstarter. For they had um, stretch goals for Run the Jewels two. They said if you give us this much money, we will re-record Run the Jewels one with cat noises. Wait. So there is meow the jewels. What? That's a thank you. <laughs> That's a thank you. So these dudes might be fucking geniuses. <laughs> they kind of are. Like talk about the spirit of true hip hop. <laughs> So they are going to recut. You really? ain't got to pay a single cat a goddamn royalty. I mean, it shows that, that they really know the internet to, to right? capitalize and on the cat game. They really, yo. And on the on the on the thing announcing Run the Jewels two, they said, well, you know, it says Tumblr better get up on this. They they are. <laughs> There's actually, if you look it up, I'm sure Tumblr's already if you if you look it up, cats. if you look it up, there is a promo video where LP is auditioning cats for the album. Oh, good God. <laughs> it's just they're having so much fun with it. They're gonna take my money tomorrow. All right, we're good. <laughs> they have, right. they have I, but the actual joints on the on the on the album. The album is awesome. Um, very much recommended. Um, Lucy translates to marketing genius. <laughs> I don't understand. So it's and also they're playing the Metro this month. So that's the thing too. Um, two, how I'm pleasantly surprised that this doesn't suck. Storm the book. Ooh, does not suck. Um, it was one of those things. I had high hopes, but high hopes only are, exist to get dashed at some point. <laughs> so I really didn't know where this was going. What you know, Greg Park was trying to do with it. It actually does not suck. And I'm actually the team on that. Um, Pot's the writer. Who's and the? You can reach right behind you, Whitney. You can look on the cover of Storm Number Six or Seven or whatever that is right there. Oh, okay, here we are. It's not available in trade paperback. So, yeah, uh, yeah. the first yeah, punk the, rock look, I like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, the Mohawk's back. The Mohawk is rocking. The Mohawk's back. So, I was very surprised. Like I said, I, I had high hopes. Like I said, high hopes really just help you with she's, some further to go down. She's taking a tongue bath with Wolverine. I didn't know about this. Yeah, that was... That's okay, so let me explain something about the X-Men. 
They're like friends where they all screw each other eventually. It really is that. Like that is entirely what the X-Men always have been. The X-Men have been that because the X-Men are the the greatest example of fan fiction writers just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks when they finally get a comic strip. Right? The X-Men have always been that thing since the days of Lee and Kirby, right? Like post Lee Kirby, you end up with like dudes like, you know, just Neil Adams doing comics and, and he wasn't on that, right? But at some point, right, by the time you get around to Claremont and Byrne, so when you're in like the one the, the, the one teens and the one twenties of the X-Men, it is fan fiction every effing month. Oh my god. Think about it. Everything from Alpha Flight appearing, which were some superheroes John Byrne created when he was in high school. And it if you really feel good that I was one amongst a group of friends who wasn't all X-Men crazy. I mean, I respected them, but I didn't read every book, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, you knew. You knew go back and look at all this shit that you saw in the X-Men, and it really was like, oh, no, I don't think Jean Grey should have been dead. I'm going to bring Jean Grey back now, because I always wanted to be a clone that Scott could marry. And then, you know, Chris Claremont fucking does that shit, and he comes back with, oh, no, I'm going to do a thing. I'm really into, like, Grace Jones right now, so I'm going to give Storm a, make, a mohawk and take her powers from her. And then she's going to start hooking up with this Native American cat. Yeah, we got Because, you know, yeah, I mean, not that the stories Forge, weren't good. Yeah. Not that they weren't good, but you could tell that dude had a stack of notes. <laughs> like, with just mad tabs coming out the sides, you know. And he had one of the, he must have had a room in his studio that was like Mel Gibson shit and like conspiracy theory. With like strings attached to shit. And like photos of like JFK. And this like, is like a long-term plan. Had, had just, but weird, like, not like cohesive, but fans accepted it. Because we're such big X-Men fans. But if you really go back and think about it, well, none of that shit made sense. You know? So, so of course Storm looked up with Wolverine. So he's just throwing things at the wall. Yeah. Right. Leo's, so there's yeah, Wolverine, Storm Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine. Yeah. It's the story of Cyclops and Jean Grey's love with the interloper Wolverine coming in, wanting to bang her too. And Cyclops is all like, you know, man, you can't be banging her. She's my woman. And he's like, fuck you, Cyclops. Leave the X-Men. I'm a bang your woman. Or Storm. That's cool. There we go. <laughs> you know, like, it seems random. That's, <laughs> you know, that's I, cool, I guess too. I'm, I'm just kind of trying to keep up because she was married 15 minutes ago and Wolverine. That was the, yeah, it was the, the black, that was the Reggie Hudlin Black Panther joint. Right. Which someone likes to, would like to forget. Oh, I'm I sorry. <laughs> Did I bring up something else? Well, we're talking about fan fiction and comics, so, so that's, that, Reggie Hudlin fits, in my opinion. <laughs> And I realize I might be in a minority because no. some people accept their fan fiction readily. Because, man, if you don't get your fan fiction, you get no fiction. I understand. <laughs> you know? You know, just some people are able to get paid for their fan fiction. Entirely true. But every, remember when uh, the New 52 happened and, and this character called Batwing got invented? Oh, that guy. And he was considered to be the Batman of Africa. Remember how everybody got all upset? Like, Africa's a big fucking place. Yeah. How can Bruce Wayne be the Batman of Gotham City? To be right. fair, Gotham City's pretty bad. Uh, no, it's but it's also smaller right, right. than Ash. It's like four <laughs> Detroits. I understand, <laughs> right? I get that. But like, so they, they call this dude Batman of Africa instead of making up like you know he's the Batman of African New City. Africa City, City, right? Yeah. Exactly. They call him Batman of Africa. Totally like wrong head, okay. wrong headedly and kind of the the. the the I'm awesome odd color because I remember thinking, "Hey, is that pink? Is that lavender? What am I seeing?" It was sort of a yeah, what a fusion, right? It was it was very 1987. <laughs> and I'm not here to judge, but it seems so, you know. So so my so here, but here's what I'm, I'm connecting this to, right? Naturally, then somebody starts writing Black Panther, and they think 
well, Black Panther's gonna have to get himself like a love interest. It's and gotta it, be the black superhero right, chick gotta who's be African. Who else would it be? Right. right. Yeah. Why would she turn him down? Right. He's a king. <clears throat> it's like 79th Street logic. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I, I wasn't with it. I and just, then they filled a backstory when they were lovers when they were yeah, teenagers. Yes. He like saved her or something. Or come on. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the come on man. All right. <laughs> All right. Don't your All right. Shit, I'm into. I, um, I'm going to dig this shit that you're talking about right now. Musically, I have gone backwards because I've discovered... Or backwards. Well, I'm going to talk about thrash metal from the 80s. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for that. With a T. No. So, I'm not. I've been going a little more. I've been in more of a retro mood these days, right? I have... Um, decided I want to listen to more like just old school Iron Maiden and Violence and, and Death Angel and, and like old school Megadeth and Anthrax, like Anthrax is spreading the disease album. Um, the, this is kind of what I've been into because I've, I've kind of found myself in, in sort of like I need, I'm running a little more, I'm getting back into running and I'm just needing a little more like straight classical aggression with some like, like you know, guitar solos. Right. And, like straight up like three quarter note gallops and things like that in my music. So I'm getting a little more, I'm, I'm going back to that. But at the same time, I'm also sort of like, you know, looking for new shit in hip hop. And what you just mentioned was pretty damn, that, that sounds <laughs> mad fucking interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to go look Yo, at that. I, I keep hearing about how Killer Mike was just, just killing those verses. Killer Mike blacked out. He, he, just, he, he just went off. And, That's his, great. and his mad quotable. That's what yeah, kills me. Okay. And Zach Villaropa shows up and does not suck either. In comics, I am uh, into some. I'm getting into some really odd sort of shit. Like, still kind of in that retro vein. Uh, two comics that I'm really digging right now for reasons that I just cannot explain. There's a comic, a limited series out called Grindle versus the Shadow, and it's Matt Wagner's uh, Hunter Rose is Grindle character. Rose? Okay. And he meets the Shadow. You know, which is an interesting pairing. Right. Like it's a, right. It's, it's like it's Hulk. Aristoc- yes, it's, it's, it's aristocratic Hulk assassin. Yeah. Right, and so for those of you who don't know about Matt Wagner's Grindel, now some of the stuff you can still find, like if you if you go on Amazon, look in the Amazon Marketplace, I bet you can find really inexpensive graphic novels about Grindel, written by and drawn some drawn by Matt Wagner. The main theme of Grindel is Matt Wagner is playing around with the idea of the public loving a very clean cut rich dude who's like like kind of a just a. a very photogenic movie star-like personality, which is Hunter Rose, right? But at night, Hunter Rose puts on a mask and takes out a two-pronged, like, spear and goes and murders people as Grindle. That's right. For, for money, for profit. For, for money and profit. He's hired to do this. He's a, he's a four-hire assassin. So it's like, if, if, as if the public would love Matt Damon because they love Matt Damon, right? Okay. But then at night, Matt Damon puts on a mask, right, and look, checks his email account, has a hit to go do, and he goes and does it. The only person standing in his way, because the police can't stop him, he's, this, he's, he's Batman level good. The only thing that stands in his way is this werewolf. Oh. But because he's a werewolf, this is from the, original the public line? thinks he's a monster, right? There's a monster out to stop him named Argent. So, like, that's the original Grindle storyline. But what Matt Wagner did a few years into doing Grindle was he went next level with it and went sort of like on a quantum physics kind of thing. What would Grindle be like in other universes? So there's Hunter Rose's Grindle normally. But then in other iterations, there's Grindel kind of as a Terminator, like as a war like, child, war, this kind of thing. Yeah. And all these stories are fantastic. 
right? So Matt Wagner is gone. You know, he's done so many comics. He wrote Batman and did all kinds of other things. He's gone back to doing uh, Grindel again, but now he's doing Grindel in the Shadows. I kind of dig that. There's a book called Justice Inc. by Dynamite. So Grindel in the Shadow, I think, might also be Dynamite. Uh, Justice Inc. is by Dynamite. Justice Inc. is a team-up book involving the Shadow again, Doc Savage, and the Avenger, who's like a pulp-era character. Who's all like, you know, it's the old, back in the pulp era, everybody was like basically Indiana Jones with a twist for the most part, right? <laughs> but like getting Doc Savage, who's like Indiana Jones, but super intelligent and with like bronze skin, right? And the shadow and this Avenger dude who's kind of like the Punisher okay. in a story together in a pulp kind of setting has been pretty good. Um, I'm digging stuff like that, you know? I, and I, I, I kind of think that as I go into the winter, I do this like every year, I kind of go backwards in the winter. Because I really feel like everybody releases something interesting and awesome when the spring shows up. spring or something. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I turtle in the winter. <clears throat> like, I won't get fooled when it's negative 20 degrees outside. <laughs> okay. I already know that somewhere in Time album is the best album Iron Maiden put out. Or Number of the Beast. I'm listening to that so that nobody tricks me with false metal. Yeah. <laughs> false metal. metal. You know? It's how that, I think I have this thing where I do that. Thing, okay. Know? I like in, it. In, in books I'm reading, I just finished reading 2001 A Space Odyssey. A couple weeks ago, and now I'm reading. I'm going back and reading Neil Stevenson's Cryptonomicon. I'm oh, bored as shit. Though. I haven't read that yet. Snow Crash. I read Snow Crash. No, I'm Crash. wrong. Cryptonomicon is up next. I'm reading Quicksilver. Okay. I'm going. I went all the way back to Quicksilver. I that, read the first like mind. 60 pages of Cryptonomicon. It was just like I'm. Um, that's my shit. I love that shit. Should you guys read Diamond Age? Diamond Age was one I hated. Ah. That was the first thing. That was 60 pages that in I it. I sat down and read. That's it, so funny. I read it the same time as I read his uh, the book Zodiac, and Zodiac ended up loving. Uh -huh. Diamond Age is just, yeah. I love the ideas in it, I just didn't love the execution of it. Hmm. Yeah, it just wasn't my thing. The smart paper was, was great. It's a great, good idea. Yeah. I also, today, uh, um, I, when I came to the shop to, like, you know, get my get my business, uh, my kind of my background business situation on, before doing that, I went and saw Interstellar. Huh, okay. You know, and I don't I'm, normally do first run movies like a week after they come out. I just don't. I'm hearing real mixed reviews about that. Like everybody either loved it and thought it was great or they really hated it and were wondering why he put his name on it. I think I probably would have liked, I, I probably wouldn't have even gone to see it this quick if I didn't just finish reading 2001. This is a straight up modern version of 2001. Okay. It is not meant to be a modern version <laughs> of 2001. But it is so 2001 influence, it's not even funny. And Does it borderline inviting? In all the best ways. Oh, you just stood on the steal from, If you're going to steal, steal from the best. There you go. Yeah. Like, okay. Steal from the best, yeah. but they brought it home. Okay. Right? Like, this is some, I don't know, it's for you sci-fi nerds out there, this is Stephen Baxter-esque, I say, like, seriously. So if you read Stephen Baxter's Manifold series... And when we're talking about like quantum physics and, and multiple, like not just multiple dimensions like other worlds, but dimensions of three dimensions that we live in, plus, you know, four and five dimensions of like, you know, this kind of situation with time, et cetera, you know, and the concept of like how black, black holes function, you know what I mean? Or relativity, like when you think about like things that Stephen Hawking has been talking about for years or like Einstein, like the concept that if you are going to get from planet A to planet B, there are consequences for doing that, such as... You aren't doing it like Star Trek. You just come back to Earth and you don't tell me you fucking feel like it. You know, because Star Trek is involving faster than light travel. You're not, they're not traveling faster than light. They're traveling sublight, which is to say, making certain choices costs you years. Mm -hmm. 
right? And there's only so many writers out there doing that. And uh, Alistair Reynolds is one of them cats. Stephen Baxter is one of those cats. Like, those guys who write that shit. I think there's a it's, it's serious series um, dealing with that now also. Yeah. I find it really interesting. And I thought that really Interstellar, if you're, if you're, if you're a fan of both quantum physics and high drama and sci-fi, without it being about laser guns and f- aliens with weird foreheads, <laughs> go see that shit. And if you're in effects and like effects, this movie didn't have to hit you over the head with them, right? They put the effects in the right places and largely it is without flashy lens flare. Like this is the anti-J.J. Abrams. And I'm a fan of J.J. Abrams. I feel like Chris Nolan always does that really well. Like he doesn't he doesn't slap you in the face with all the with all the CGI and stuff like that. He knows like exactly where to put it so that it kind of matters and blends in. In this movie, this dude is giving you scope, right? You are you are understanding the entire time these are piddly fucking humans fucking around in places they ain't supposed to be. The whole movie is that thing, right? And that man Matthew McConaughey is gonna make him a lot of money in the next five years. Let's check it out. He's nailed the graphic going to, and put his uh, seal of approval on the scientific concepts that they use in the film. If this dude keeps doing this shit, he's going to be in somebody's big superhero film, like wasting his time very shortly. Oh, wow. There you go. He, he's, he's on that level as an actor right now. He, he, he's white Idris Elba. Oh, wow. These days. That's All right. Let's... All right. All right. It's my turn. Um, things I like. Uh, well, the first thing, um, I don't know for. I don't know if I can mention another podcast here, but I've been trying get, to. We, we got we got love for everything. We got love for everything. This uh, podcast that I've been listening to, um, these two guys from New York. It's called Jesus versus Marrow. Um, Complex.com usually puts them on. It's two dudes, both of them from the Bronx. Both of them are real active on Twitter. One's a Dominican guy, another one's like a Jamaican, you know, Jamaican guy, and it's very it's a very New York. Podcast, <laughs> like you can love it from other places, but some of the stuff they say is is just hilarious. Like I first started, like I, the first dude, the Dominican dude, Merrill. I was listening, I was reading him. He had like a blog. He was one of he was one of these dudes that just he talked in like all caps. And the first thing I saw, he had a review of some like Drake album or something like that, and it was just had me in tears when I was reading it. And so, is he Ghostface? No. No, 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 no. People were trying to get at him, saying like he ripped off right. the dude, the Ghostface style, but Mer was doing it first. Um, I just so, didn't know if it was the same dude. No, so no, now no, just on a podcast. Not the same dude. Same dude. Not the same dude. Um, and so him, and then this other dude uh, who I started following on Twitter because Merrill kept like retweeting and stuff called uh, Jesus Nice. And oh yeah, like those dudes. They like I have to stop myself from retweeting everything <laughs> they write because some of it is just. It's mad offensive, but it's so funny. It's so funny. Which I, I mad love, offensive, but funny. I love, but I can't. You know, I can't just be retweeting that all. Because oh. then people start thinking things about. Yeah, it. because then the people will be like, "Oh, retweets is cosigns." So yes. I, can't, I can't have people thinking that. Right. It's okay. funny. I wouldn't say it, but it's funny. Okay. That's how I feel about it. And okay. So, I mean, isn't that like a kind of New York thing anyway. Like, I don't cosign what you just said, but it's funny as hell, so I'm just gonna laugh anyway. And that's like a New York. That's. They only do that in New York? No, I mean, no, isn't that like, that's a, no, it's a, it's a worldwide thing. You understand, but, I gotta do that shit in my daily life every day. Look. <laughs> that look, is, that, I, I, I mean, it's a comic shop thing. Maybe, what, maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe that's Perhaps. the deal. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe it's cultural. That, that's politics right there. Ha ha ha, that was hilarious. 
I'm not going to any party you organize. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about but, but I will repeat. But I will repeat what you said to yeah. someone else. Right. Kind of quiet, just so I know. <laughs> just so we on the same level. So basically, right. basically, I can laugh at my wife about that stuff. Okay. But I can't. I can't share with everybody. <laughs> so People go. Don't have to follow them themselves. And okay. what's the, give, give us the name of it again. It's called Jesus versus Marrow. Okay. It's on Complex.com. Uh, they have like an audio podcast that's like an hour long or so that they do that drops on like Tuesdays. Okay. And they have like a video, like a shorter video one that drops on Fridays. And okay. it's basically. It's really just them they're looking talking at shit. like... Are they just talking shit? Oh, just totally like... just talking shit. Just, <laughs> just completely talking shit, trashing people. Um, they'll, like, they'll just look at like random video clips of stuff that happened that week and then just massacre. Just riff on? Okay. Just massacre. Okay. Sometimes it goes on a little long, but it, they'll, then they'll say something that just has me crying. Like laughing out loud, looking crazy in my <laughs> office. Um, and so I, I always check that out. Um, comics... Uh, Terry keeps feeding me new ones, but the one that he didn't introduce me to that I really like is uh, called The Private Eye. Um, I don't even remember who creates it. It's only online. You have to go uh, buy it online. That could be why I wouldn't have pointed to that. That would be why. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'll give you a dollar anyway. I'll take a dollar. I'll take a dollar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'll turn someone else on to it. I think uh, Brian K. Vaughn is one of the... Okay. One of oh, this one. Yeah, okay, yes, okay. I know this. Um, Brian K. Vaughn does, like, yeah. And uh, it's, That cat's true. Yeah, it's, it's maybe six or seven issues in now. Uh, I think they come out with one, like... It feels like every couple of months they come out with one, but it's been it's been really good so far. I just, you know, download it, read it on my iPad, iPad and everything. Okay. Uh, big fan of that. Um, music. Um... I don't know. I mean, y'all should remember Souls of Mischief. They came out with an album like last month that uh, I was mad right. nobody told me about. Um, <laughs> I heard about, I heard about it. I haven't I haven't peeped it. Though. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of it's like you know it's a concept album. It's a little. It's not just like a regular thing that they put out. Yeah. They, you can tell they put a lot of work into it, uh, and I really like that. Okay. Um, can't remember the name of that either right now, but. Check it out. Well, so I mean, Soul it's right. Anything past so yeah. Mission have done past, you know, put the search in like past post what two thousand, that'll come up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I still rock ninety three two. Ninety three two fifty. This is how we chill. Yeah, exactly. Ninety three two. Exactly, and and actually that whole hieroglyph hieroglyph. The hieroglyphs always been nice. I'll listen to almost anything. That They've you always been nice. So curious, I'm going to Spotify to look it up. <laughs> They've always been I nice. I love Soul Mission. Yeah, right, and it's so, like a sneak album. They just Dropped out of nowhere, and uh, I only heard about it because uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad has a podcast on NPR that I've been listening to, and he had them as guests, and that was cool. I love the fact that some of these cats, like you know, Ninth Wonder's a teacher. We got like we got hip hop heads in academia who are doing stuff at NPR, and like it's like a legitimization. Of hip hop, like I, I, I see a little different hip hop. I like it, but it's weird. I see it is it. weird. What is it? It is weird. Like yeah. the, the the idea of like you know hip hop producers and, and cats who've been in, in in the game for a minute like all of a sudden being it looks like there, there's a level of legitimate legitimacy, legitimacy. by them working in academia and things like this. Well, just the fact that teaching class not they got legitimacy by doing it, but right. that they're being viewed as legitimate because they're doing it. Yeah, being recognized. Being recognized. I I kind of look at it like if you're really gonna be smart about what you're doing. Take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way while the eye of Sauron is upon you. 
right? Because what ends up happening is you could toil away, you could be Jay Dilla and be the dopest producer in all of hip hop for years, right? But most people in the mainstream hear about you after you're dead. Yeah. You yeah. know, you could be that guy. You know what I mean? And I realized my man had lupus, right? It wasn't right. like he was going to, you know, he just ain't getting up on award shows and walking across stages. And I, as a, a family member, I has lupus, so, you know, I get it, right? But I'm saying, like, while academia, while an industry like academia is paying attention to you, yeah. right, jump in there. And sometimes that comes down to that thing. I was talking to somebody recently about, like, black culture and the rate at which like, non-black culture absorbs black culture, right? It's getting faster. It is faster and faster, <laughs> right? It's faster and faster. Now, you could be the most hardcore, like, straight-up conscious hip-hop rapper in your mom's basement today, and tomorrow at a PBR-selling bar, some dude is putting you on the jukebox, yeah. right? <laughs> on yeah. a burned CD, you know what I mean? And, and you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is that quick these days. And somebody's like, I knew that kid when he was in the sixth grade. You know, someone's going to be saying that about you because that's the rate at which things happen. The speed that it happens now is so fast, you know. The bizarre thing to me is that there's all this music that I listened to when I was, you know, a little kid that was so controversial at the time. At the time, yeah. And now you see it in, like, TV commercials. <laughs> right, it's the backgrounds and whatnot. Like, Sir Mix-a-Lot got... You know, he's in commercials now. Yep. Like, that song came out, nobody was trying to... You, but, you can right. only watch it on the box. Yeah, on, the, on the box. Yes! That's pretty badass. The, box. the difference is, though, yes. that when that, that song still came out like 25, 30 years ago. I know. Right? That song came out 25, 30 years yeah. ago. Now, something can happen in hip-hop, or someone can come out in, in hip-hop right now and drop an album, or the dreaded effing mixtape, which means you'll never have a fucking album. And then... The next thing you know, they're onto something else. And like if you can stack that up, oh, yeah. that's pretty fantastic. Like if Ninth Wonders out, if yeah. Ninth Wonders got a university job, you know, yeah. Ninth Wonders got a university job, and and there's dudes out there who can't pick Fonte out of a lineup. <laughs> if Fonte robbed a milk truck tomorrow, dudes got cookies that are dry as shit, but don't know who did what. You know, like that's the th <laughs> that's the difference. You know? That, that, that analogy took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> but that's that you know what I mean? I got you. Like like it's not I like DMC is doing a, a thing or I mean, or Rev Run is renovating a house on HGTV. Like that I understand, right? But when cats like Ninth needs rec get your recognition. I don't think even Ninth is about it. Ninth is like, yo, it's a steady job. I can do what I yes. want to do. Sure. And I can tell you about what I do. Sure. You know, I'm not teaching history while going home and making beats. And, like, like and even if he was, I ain't got a problem with that either. I ain't got a problem with that either. I feel like Cat's now a lot smarter about looking for those, looking for those opportunities you hope. To, to move on. To I, mean, I mean, because 20 years ago, like, if you were in that, you know, if you were in academia or you said, like, you know, you, oh, you appeared on public radio, it's yeah. like, what's wrong with him? Like, it, 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 wasn't, a, it wasn't a good thing. It seemed right. like Karras one made it cool. Because I remember people being impressed when they found out that Karras one was a and he was teaching at colleges and universities and things like that. The, and and they kind of found out word of mouth like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he brought street cred to being able to go from the street to making albums and then now you're teaching a class. Or someone up top looked out there and was like, I've been into this for a minute. I mean, I'm going to pull this dude along because I'm into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Someone I, that grew up listening to him and something was like, and it's hey, already in yeah. right there. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's just, to me, the, that it can happen for somebody like Knight who isn't KRS-One. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. KRS One is like he's a, you know definitely a, a a a figure whose face you see and you know what I mean? That's that's KRS One. Absolutely. You see a photo of Ninth Wonder. I rode the L with eight cats and look just like that. That's not a distinctive look for that dude. And he's, he's not. He's tall as shit though. Yes. So are you? No, nice taller than me. Really? Yeah. What? He's a giant. Nice, nice. So ninth refers to his height. Yo, he's skinny. No he's mad skin. Yeah, okay. he's tall and mad skin. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So that's on the on the agenda here. Right. We have, and I, I want to get to this before Arian has to jet. Um, blackish, dear yeah. white people, and the rise of racial comedy. Well, I got I you ain't got shit. You left. wait. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. You ain't got shit. You left. I do, but I wanted to. Facilitate his desire to move on to the next. Oh. <laughs> right, well, the thing is, I might have skipped with this shit anyway. Perhaps. But in effect, I didn't watch it. Oh, you, I, I thought so, you were just. I, I, thought, I was planning to watch it. I thought that was a heading. I didn't know it was Yeah, it was. It was going to be, but I had watched I planned to, but I didn't. Ain't none of us. So we go. Blackish, let's be real. Well, no. No, I watched Blackish. Really? Yes. He was a boss. I remember when he was hilarious. I was very I was very nervous about that show because I was like, yo, yeah, it's like I like But the game is to be sold, not told. That's the that was my thing with that. But they the first the first episode was like I was like, okay, there's some funny moments, it's whatever. Second episode, funnier. Third episode, fourth episode, tears. Like I was they had some parts. The the one where they talk about corporal punishment, I was I was in tears. Like me and my wife watching that show because Lawrence Fishburne is right. mad funny. I think that's what the I did. kids are mad. I did, I did someone I knew. Yeah. Okay. To, to, to give to it a seal. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people a lot of people were hesitant. It was like I can't give it a chance. Cause the thing, we're, we're, here, but I had to watch at least one episode. I'll take and it I'm out. I, I, I feel like I'm tired of saying to white people, we've been funny for a long time. Oh, but, but you already knew shit. that because you keep coming in telling me our jokes and shit. You know? <laughs> like, I, sometimes I feel like I'm doing, you know, like I'm, I'm experiencing that thing. I get so, it. like, oh, really? Are we at white people need to know about us again? They, are we back to that? They really messed up on, like, I feel like they really messed up on the title. They lost a lot of people on that title. That's because tough. it was just like, yeah, you know, what is that? What is that supposed they to mean? Overshot, what does that mean? They overshot the mark. Yeah. Like, and, and, oh, and it seems like they're doing that again. They had another show coming out in the... You know, early next year, called like Fresh Off the Boat or something like that. Oh yeah, it's like it's too, it's too close to being insulting for right. people to Here's really embrace yeah. it. You know, but so, it is all like oh Chinese. I have a so, like, so that's a like, big deal. Creator is a dude that you know had that like lived that growing up, but yeah. it's still. I mean, that's a like, big on, deal. To see, for that to be but on the like, title, prime yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. Yep. TV, uh, you know, you know, somebody's gonna just walk up to an Asian dude and be like, "Hey, Fresh Off the Boat," and get smacked. Or more to the point. The reason and we would applaud. Like, you're using that title because of the lowest common denominator. You need that title to resonate with the most amount of people as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Which makes it the yeah. right thing to do for marketing purposes, but the wrong much. thing to do from a social perspective. Right? But you gotta you got your job is to sell advertising. But don't you yeah. run the risk of alienating your product? Yeah, but the show's not meant for That's the thing. I mean who's cats, it meant for? Right? Like, like Blackish is meant theoretically for like know. we we get it, right. but we know white people watching these shows. Right. So they're, they're, you're saying they're not really aiming at the general. I'm not really I, sure. I, I mean, yeah, they, they, they can't they can't aim like it's a prime time show. They're not going to aim at the general black audience. But there was enough stuff in there that like kind of I was like, yo, I understand that. I can feel that. Like right. I can I can see some of the stuff going on in there. That that it was enough of that that made me be like, okay, 
And the kids, like, all the kids that act on that show are, like, better than the adults. Like, <laughs> their delivery, the timing, so funny. So funny. Right. Okay. I, I gotta, I, I'm a co-sign that show. I, okay. Not the title. I'll give it a shot. Not right. the title. But I had to say, um, so we did an episode with a, uh, we, we, we attempted to do an episode with Tony Williams. Tony Williams is the, uh, uh, the, the he's a documentary. Documentary, yeah. And he has a the, film coming out called Carbo Nidias. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Black nerd. That's one of the, sh- the things that I like. I am, by the way. I'm, just, I'm sneaking in some of the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> and they come up like, oh, y'all get that? It's that my bad? fault. I had to leave a little early, so it's okay. He, 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 uh, Tony is, he's using the term, he's really into the term blurred. Black nerd. I hate. And, and, well, I remember talking to him one day and I was like, hate. man. Why do you guys hate it so much? Because. I am already oh, man, a black nerd. Do I need a name for that thing? But I get it. If you don't name it, if you don't you name it, it, it is difficult. No, it's difficult for other cats to understand your experience is different than their experience. Remember the conversation that you were having last week on Facebook where someone was talking about the, the somebody being called the N-word mm-hmm. and, and then the guy on your Facebook was all like, uh, you know, well, I was called a Polak growing up. It's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, sure, no. Yo, oh, God. Right. <laughs> so, sure, no. you, need, you yeah. need to, first of all, you, that just means you need to, I, you need I, to block some people. On I cut him up. Well, I cut him up. Tried it. I cut him out. That was a, that was a, that was a strong, that was a last straw. But, so I get, to, to Tony's credit, what Tony is, he's acknowledging is, as nerds who happen to be black, you can't, Possibly have the same experience as every other nerd who ain't black, like as white nerds. Yeah, something is going to happen there, right? And it's true, right? So my experience growing up in an all-black high school, right, being a nerdy kid in all-black high school. Oh my god, like the minority and a minority of minority minorities. Like that thing did happen, right? Right. Like it wasn't just that I wasn't like the jocks, you know. I wasn't having that like the the John Hughes movie experience. (laughs) It wasn't that. It was something altogether entirely different, different from that, exactly. you know. But I can't call myself a blurred because that just I'm I'm, I'm already past that. It doesn't even sound good. Like, it sounds good. Sound, that's that's I feel well, like. Wait, I'm just calling myself a black nerd. Be done with. I definitely I I get it. It's it's clearly like you can't argue that it's clearly different from what like yes. a white nerd yes. be growing up with you know the kind of stuff they went through. Yes. Because you get ostracized from people that look like you. Yes. Not just people that don't look like you. Right. And so. But I just hate the I just hate the word itself. The word. What do you? Because growing up for me it was always, what do you mean you don't like rap music? No, well I never had that. Well, no, <laughs> but I totally had that, right? I, I, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. nineteen eighty. I get it. Right. It's nineteen eighty five, and I'm hearing that. Yeah. And and rap music in nineteen ninety five in the South Side of Chicago, for where I live, it just meant, are you in on this Kumo D versus LL feud? <laughs> no, I think Blur is just a, a, I'm a not. title, a label that makes it accessible and quick to tell you, hope. this is what I'm referring to. I'm talking about these blurs. It, it, I don't think it was ever intended to become something we would use. Well, it's a reference. Possibly true. For us. I don't but want anybody calling. I was on a panel. <laughs> I was on a panel. I have a problem downstate <laughs> last year, and somebody was. They were trying to like kind of propagate the term bleak. Oh mm-hmm. shit! Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, almost too close to home, son. Like, <laughs> can't go with that at all. Wrong. Utterly, utterly so, wrong word. What's your problem with bleak? Just curious. Again, I can be a geek. Who happens to be black? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have, have. You don't have to mash the terms together. Like, it's like Sesame Street. The word. Well, okay, from a marketing perspective, without when you, hope, when you really? flip it, I'm sure you see the use for it because I wouldn't necessarily. But I would sell t-shirts. Exactly. If I were in a t-shirt sales business, <laughs> like. 
Tony Williams? Tony's going to sell a hell of a lot of fucking t-shirts. With flirts and all that stuff. Oh my god, yes. He absolutely is, and that should work out, right? Right. Like, I get from a marketing perspective that that is the the way to go. Because you are effectively creating, you're pulling a market together. And you're taking Maybe. the damn credit. All I have words making my skin crawl. And Afropunk. <laughs> How about Afropunk? Does that affect you the same way? Afropunk. Yes, it, it does. Does. Because mm. I'm a black dude who's into punk rock and metal. I'm an Afropunk? No. I, I thought it would just describe the music, though. Not the person. Who, it does describe no, the describes music. the person. But, but not people are trying to use it to really? describe the person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, I feel like people, I people... I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know anything about the punk music scene. Um... I know they like that Afropunk festival that they have in New York. Yeah, I, it kind of seems like that's not just people that are into punk music. Right. Like, yeah. So it's it's definitely kind of expanded beyond whoever it was originally intended to to kind of yeah. talk about. Back in the day, I went to a metal show at at a, at a club that is no longer in existence mm-hmm. on Belmont, and it was full of white dudes. But there was like one table where a buddy of mine who was in a band that I was a bass player in a band I was in. Uh, he knew these dudes, right? And he saw them from across the bar or whatever, the club or whatever. And we go over to holler at these dudes. And there's this really tall brother, he'd be like 6'5 or some shit. And he had like, like spiked, like bracelets, spiked Bracing, gauntlets yeah. and shit <laughs> on. And like bullet belt and like a vest and these sunglasses. And I swear, he, he, he just, he turned to me and I, I, I held my hand. I'm like, I'm Terry. And this dude, dude is like, he, he took both of his fists and cross his arms across his chest like Klingon and shit. <laughs> and I was, he was like, grunt, grunt, something, something. He's, I, I don't remember what his name was. He just grunted at me. And I realized, I, at first I was confused. Like, what did he just grunt at me for? Why couldn't confused. he just tell me his name was Dave? You know what I mean? And then I realized, bro, do the nod, right? Why didn't he just give me the nod? And I realized later on, I was like, that dude was incredibly conscious of the fact that we were the only five brothers in a 2,000 square foot club. Or bar, whatever, right? He was in a metal. It was a metal show going on. It was a two, three thousand square feet. We were the only brothers there. There's five of us. He was so acutely conscious of it, and everywhere he goes, that's all he saw. So he's straight Klingon me, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I stopped giving him. At that point, I didn't give a fuck anymore. I didn't care that I was the only brother in the club, and and amongst all these dudes who ain't brothers, I'm there for the music, right? Right. Or I'm there to talk metal. Who wants to talk metal, right? I'm good with that too. But I, it didn't occur to me. I just assumed anybody I walked up to was there for the same reason. Mm. But some cats are looking to like, you are of a culture. You bring that culture everywhere you go. And if, you, if, if there's you know, a couple of you in the same room, man, that culture's a little stronger. There's so you walked up, he was black guy, he was all punked out. He grunted. And you were and you with your other black friends yeah. when you walked in. Right. I think he totally screwed up his whole momentum. He was, he was the one cool black guy. Right. And right. Punk bar. And then all these other black people walked in and totally fucked it up. I might have. I might have. He, he, he wasn't special he anymore. In fact, he didn't anymore. He, in fact, might have had to work for his dinner that night. He melted his snowflake. I might have, in fact, done that. That's that what you did. It's a thing I do. I've been that guy. Hate, hate I've walked into a place where Man. you would think you would find mostly white people, but only white people. And then you see, my wife and I have been together, and we've walked in, and we've seen, oh, there's some other black people. We might not, and they'll turn away. Like, oh, shit. Oh, wow, really? Our uniqueness has been spoiled. We were the that only black been. people in Chicago into this thing, <laughs> and here come these damn people. Oh, shit. I've never, I've it's never the, had that. Oh, yeah. Me and my wife are totally Jets quantified that shit a long time ago. Jets and Sharks. Oh. There now it is. Fight. There it now is. Sorry. Now we must fight. Now we must fight. Now it just becomes a point of... You're just an opposition, like your opposition at this point. Like your opposition 
but I refuse to acknowledge your presence. I refuse to acknowledge it. I'm That's not right. a special snowflake and when anymore. when you leave, I will go back to being the snowflake. Right. So I'm just going to wait for you to leave. <laughs> and I am not going to be your friend. I might have done that. <laughs> well, so, yeah. <laughs> so I, you might have thing. done that. I don't tend to, I, I tend to not Sorry. seek, oh, okay, so, hey, brother, into this thing that I'm into. Now we but see, should I'm hang not, out. But see, exactly, I'm not going to assume that because you're black in this thing that I'm at, that we necessarily are going to get along. Oh, yeah. That we got, you know, we got this in common, right. but you may be a dick, yeah. so I'm not going to yeah, bother with you. Like any other social situation. Like, exactly. Like, but I do want to find out. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not going to find out. You're probably not going to hit it off, but, you know, just in case. You can like, give it a shot. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, make, me. making friends as an adult is kind of hard. Right. But, you right. know, you got to be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? I have this thing. Give them the head up or whatever. And if you don't have back, then, you know. <laughs> I was running. Up, I was running a D and D game in a in a in a in a bar yesterday, running a D and D game, and somebody was like, "Hey, so me and some friends are gonna get a D and D game together at one of their houses or whatever, and maybe you can come by and play." And I just looked at my beer and I looked at this dude and I was like, "No, I just I'm not even gonna. T- I don't want to tell you I'm gonna fall through because I'm not. I'm just I'm not gonna come through." And they were like, "Well, oh, you know, I mean." It's okay. And it's crestfallen so, now. Yeah, no, no, right? you no, ruined they, his they, they were totally okay. They were totally okay with that. And I said, let, let me explain it to you. Here's the deal. Teach you like, I, I, I understand that when I'm running games at this bar, right, everybody's having a good time and this is all good. But in this bar, it's a space where I feel like I can at least control the level of awkward, right? If, not, if nothing else, if everything goes wrong, I get a beer and a burger, right? <laughs> I'm good. I get two beers and a burger. I'm cool, right? But if I come to your house, I don't want to know. I don't know. I don't want to know what's in the closet. <laughs> I got. I got to figure out how to get. Home. I don't want. Right. <laughs> I, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to have to chew my own leg off to get out. And I've just seen so many cats who who are just not quite there yet. Oh God. And and me showing up lends legitimacy to them having their mom all mummified over in the corner and shit. Oh. You know. And I can't. No. <laughs> I went to a D&D, I stopped going to people's random D&D games. The day I walked into somebody's D&D game, I'm on Sheridan Road here. I walked into somebody's D&D game back in the day, and this cat, me and some friends go to this D&D, a co-worker, want to play D&D. I go in the crib, I sit down and play, I got my dice and my character and shit, and this motherfucker walks into another room, comes out, and he's wearing a, a cloak and a wizard hat. Okay. All right. He no. It. He in it, son. He no. in it. He's, he's no. excited. He's enthusiastic. No. Oh, man. That's enthusiastic. Man, if it was post-Hogwarts, he'd be 12, and I'd have to be like, at least I get kick at this party. You're so right? judgy. You're at so least judgy. I get, yes. If I don't <laughs> judge, if you don't judge in this life, you don't know where you stand when the shit goes down. <laughs> <laughs> you got to judge, son. Be ready at okay. any moment. Oh I gotta hear what you did. I gotta hear what you did that was oh, beyond the wizard right, so hat. Just the wizard hat. Just the once wizard I saw the wizard hat, it didn't matter. Oh I God. knew this cat would walk out in the wizard hat in the club in front of anybody. I mean, I can't come back here. I think there's, there is something to be said for knowing, for not putting yourself in situations where you know you don't have to be the asshole. Yup. There's, uh, there's something there's to be said that. for that. You know there's me. That. I give you that. If I can say to myself today, Terry. You won't be the asshole. If you come back here, you will. But today, you won't be the asshole. I can do that. Here's for not putting yourself in that situation. I I, I can appreciate that. Man, you gotta know yourself, son. 
<laughs> start judging. Realness. Start, start judging. judging. Oh, start judging. Start judging. Start judging. Start judging. Start judging. Wow. I don't think I'm a hair trigger. Jules getting dropped, son. I don't think I'm his hair trigger. Not a start. You're very hair trigger with it. Uh, especially now. I got I, you. You know what? I give you levels. I mean, if you come out in the wizard's hat, but we're playing D&D, I'm like, I. Right, he really wants to get into it. But if you put your cat in a chair and put some dice in front of him, now I'm judging. Now I'm out the door. I'm picking an exit. But that just means that you have a different tolerance than him. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I said. We, we, he's a little quicker to judge than I am. That's just got to be here. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's hair triggered. He's got to be Doc Holliday. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's <laughs> Terry, Terry, just let it go. Let's go. Let's go. Say something wrong. Say something wrong. Absolutely. I'm not worried so easy. So now I don't put myself in those situations. Before I get like, all right, now I got to get up. I mean, but then again, if you're miles away from home, you're like, it's late. I don't know when the next bus is coming. Oh, man. Your trigger may be a little, you may be a little close to the host. That's going to make anybody edgy. But then there's Uber. Then there's Uber. So, yeah. You know, I gotta go out and take this call, and it's really a cab coming to get me. Damn. You know, I don't say that. I've never done that in a gaming situation. I have done it once wow. on a date. Wow. On a date? Well, that's for the next Ooh. podcast. No, it? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That might be some outtake joint. You know, some. I'll tell the story to maybe I'll tell the story some other time. Like some 3B kind of ish. It was, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sounds yeah. So, let's, can we talk about the rise of racial comedy lately? Like, everybody wants to make a dear white people kind of, you know what I mean? Like, all, like, is this a thing? Like, is it a thing? That... I think it, it's, it's cyclical. I think every few years or so, then we get somebody does some racial shit, and then somebody produces something. That de- The degree of how good that is varies from what I've heard about the, the movie yeah. Dear White People. Like, apparently, some, like I said, some people loved it, some people didn't. But then again, you have, why is this movie made? Like, who's the audience? How did they like it? And then, of course, being the culture that we are, people who come from outside, do they get it? Are we thinking they're going to take something away from it they're not supposed to? Are we, have we made the point well enough that the filmmakers are trying to get across these points that maybe their intended audience gets, but everyone else doesn't? So I think it's cyclical. I think, you know, we've had our, you know, we've had our higher learning. We've had our boys in the hood. We've had our... Right you know, exactly, exactly. We've had those, and it's a cycle where you have one group, one one audience going, I get it, this is my movie, I'm buying a DVD, I'm seeing it a couple times, and then you have, you know, the, the, the bigger American culture where you have other people, um, whites, Asians, Hispanics going, what am I getting out of this, if anything? Do I see myself here? You know, do I see the point they're making? You know, then of course, then you have the people like, why is it, why is it black entertainment television? We can have why? Where's white entertainment? And and that's then where get, I think we're at. There's a thing. Yes, you are right. But there's always going to be those people anyway. Yeah. There's yeah. always going to be those people like, why are you making stuff for you people? Why can't you make it for everybody? But meanwhile, the stuff <laughs> they're making is for them. Is yeah, exactly. It's for, it's for them. them. Doesn't have a label. It's on not. It. But, but it's their like stuff the question, is. But the their stuff really is universal. Is. But why, we, like, why can't you just make more Tyler Perry movies? No, but even oh, like no, no, no one's asking. But for I'm saying, but essentially you are. If someone, if someone's <laughs> saying to you, "Dear white people," is a thing that they find offensive because they're being hit over the head with the fact that you got an issue with some of the things you have to live with from day to day involving white privilege, right? They're basically saying all these other things that I've been seeing that 
you know, that your comedy's been about. I've never had a problem with any of those things. I don't have a problem with this thing. You're calling me out on something that I feel like I'm, I'm, not, responsible. Not, I'm not responsible. I didn't right. do I didn't do these things. Right. Not all white people. You know, we're getting that thing, right? Yeah. And I'm gonna say half the time I see these kind of things like blackish and they're white people, and I think I'm not the intended audience because I'm gonna watch Interstellar, you know what I mean? But then I think a lot of times, man, I got some dear white people moments. Because I get probably once a month some white lady walking up and just touching my hair. Oh. Right? <laughs> or the best. Stop touching people's hair. Here's the thing, man. But they don't touch each other. If they just walk up and t- if they want to touch my hair, just ask, ask. me yeah. before you put your hands in my shit. I want to make sure your nails is did right. You know, don't be putting your fucking no, man, you nails to, on my shit. Right. But like, but like, that's the thing. Like, I could be at the gym. I could be at a bar. I could be on the train. And somebody, it's always, I know it's with good intention, the way they understand good intentions. <laughs> it is, wow, your hair is so interesting. You seem safe enough for me to do this, right? Or you're not going to retaliate. Which is to be safe, right? I've always wanted to invade someone's personal space in this way out of curiosity. Would you allow me to? And usually when that happens, there are already two knuckles in. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I would, I would prefer, uh, I would almost always say, sure you can. Yeah, get on up in here. Really? Sure, I'm oh, shit. Of course, of course, this yeah. Aaron, Aaron got his shit blown out and shit like, nah, be. Completely nah. different. I would not, I would not let anybody Listen, like, if you, I would rather you put your hands in my dreadlock I, I'd rather some not. other dude who's going to flip shit. Because I, I know. No, I want flip. that dude, I want them to burn it to the dude that's going to flip. Me too. Gonna flip out. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not. So do because I. You, not right. Like, if you haven't, if, if you have it, if you have passed college, or past high school, really, and you don't know what a black person's hair feels like, then you just going to have to live with that. That's just that's just how it's going to happen. No, no, I no, want no, them no, to go back to Highland, Highland Park and tell tales. No, no. no. I, I want them to understand that there's some shit you just, like, you don't do. I want them to tell tales of how you should not touch this dude's hair. Like I said, I want them to ask me before they get all three knuckles in, right? And I will say yes. Sure, you can. This is not. I am. I am. But see, but see that that's your your trigger. You you now you're on your holster, dog. You just you are you got your hands up. Yes. This is not a petting zoo. Exactly. And black people are not goats and animals. Exactly. So absolutely not. Acknowledge my humanity by not touching my butt. If you're not trying to do that with your boy, don't do it. Three feet back. Somehow I have managed to go this many years on earth without asking to touch any white dude's hair. Somehow. Absolutely. Why can't they show themselves up? You know what I mean? I watch mad Revlon commercials with bounce and shit. Absolutely. I watch mad commercials. So I'm not like, ooh, it has that that bounce to it? That's kind of the point, right? You have managed to go all these years without ever having to ask a single white person to touch their hair, right? Our worldviews are legit differently than some other cats. And it is a privilege issue that someone can ever look at you and be like, tell me about yourself. Let me explore your culture in this face-to-face way, stranger, right? (laughs) Folks are going to do it, right? They're going to do it. They encounter me. I'm nicer about that shit. You know, but I've had it happen so much is why I understand the concept of blackish and dear white people, right? Like, there's many other things I've not had to deal with, right? right? That is a thing that straight up I've had to deal with. And it's like, lady, you know this is weird as shit, but you're here, you know. But see, I won't explain to you, you know, well, she, like, if I let her do it, you know this is weird as shit, right? You know you're not doing this to anybody else, right? Why did you pick me? I just want to know. I just want to go ahead and share with me. 
So I want to examine exactly why you feel like I'm approaching me for you to be as in my personal space as possible. It's post-workout, so the endorphins are up, or in bars and they're drunk, right? So there's no reason to ask why. I already know why. You know, we all know why. You know, shit. There's why. I get why. You know, I'm cool with it. I understand. I'm this close to throwing a flag on me. <laughs> Word. Word. I'm this close. Yellow, yellow card. <laughs> I'm this close. You're at least getting five yards. You keep on. You get 15 last and down. I'm not, I'm not saying why, but we know why. You know, come on now. Dogs know why. <laughs> no. All right, Aaron is at the bounce. I'll be back in a second. Oh, Aaron's going oh, to make, make a phone call. Oh, okay. Do, do all that. Do business. And we're going to have some business. Next up on the schedule, Marvel and DC movie schedules. All right. So I did this I did this thing, like I said, it was a while ago. Um, Marvel just released this stuff. Um, and we've talked about, I think, pretty much every podcast we've done, we've talked about a Marvel DC joint. Yeah. Pretty much every joint. Because it keeps coming up. Because it keeps coming up, and it seems to be this new thing about whose side are you on. Yes. And we've already established it's a dumb stupid. The people stupid. Because people want something to belong to. That's kind of a kind of a deal. Yep. So that's one thing. But I remember so in, in terms of this, this this movie schedules, Marvel came out with the schedule says, This is what we're gonna hit y'all with. We're gonna hit y'all with phase two, phase three, all that stuff. So at the very least, on record, what and I remember this, I remember laughing about it. They hit you with we're gonna give you Captain America two. We're gonna give you Avengers two. We're gonna give you three. We're gonna give you Captain. We're gonna give you Avengers. We're gonna give you Black Panther. We're gonna give you all this shit. The humans. Yeah. And so I said, coming? what was the joint that you were most excited about? And you said, Inhumans. Absolutely Inhumans. Okay. And hands down. But everything else it was. Fuck uh, it. <laughs> Period. You're not excited about Batman versus Superman? Or? No, on the Marvel side. On the Marvel, yeah, Marvel, Marvel side. On the Marvel side. The thing is, like, Marvel had a big, you know, Marvel did, gave you the big event. No. DC gave you like a, like a sheet. I think even in comics, Civil War, was the, the, the sides were wrong. Just like in Schism for the X-Men, the sides were wrong. So, yeah. So, the, so, yeah, we talked about that and talked about, we, earlier we were saying about the high expectations yeah. and how, that just determines how far you fall when they suck. Yep. And what we figured, the, the movie property with the highest potential for the highest, the, 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 the highest want, like, I hope this is great, I hope this is great, but it may not be, my number one was Black Panther. Because I have high hopes, and all high hopes does is determine how far you fall and how hard you so play. so you you're thinking the Marvel movie that's been recently announced with the most potential for revenue generation is Black Panther. No 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 it's just like I have high hopes for it. That's what's oh, gonna disappoint him the most. That's gonna it has the okay. the potential to disappoint. Your hopes him the are the highest, but my hopes are the highest for that. The potential to be disappointed. So is Avengers two, like you know, the high crazy scale. Right. Okay, if, I got you. If right. we're going through like the Civil War stuff, if we're going like if they've laid out like these are the storylines for these movies, so. You know, so-and-so is going to show up in this one. So-and-so is going to show up in this one. So I'm not, I don't have a high, I mean, I'm still going to go see him, but I'm not going, I don't have a high 
Expectation. Expectation for Avengers 2. I don't have a high expectation for Captain America 3. I don't have high expectations for these things, but Black Panther is like, I really hope this is awesome. And if it doesn't, if it isn't going to be awesome, that's going to be disappointing as shit. Well, I got to say, I have no faith in them whatsoever. Really? No. I, I've, I've, I've seen... I've, <laughs> that, that was a fist bump. Audio fist bump, <laughs> Audio fist bump. I've seen enough of how they handle some of these properties to know that they're probably not quite ready to handle that one yet. Not to say, that, I mean, it makes some great come out until like twenty eighteen. Giving them two or three years does right. not mean we're, that they're going to learn what they need to learn before they. I mean, scripted. I mean, we don't know who's writing it. Right. None, none of that's been. Which is part of the reason why even when none when the. When these films got announced, people were asking me what I thought about them. And I said, "There's no information about them, so there's no point in having an opinion yeah. and that you that you that you wouldn't like put money on well, it." We knew who was gonna play it, right? Yeah, yeah so and I'm cool with that. My like Bob, yeah, uh, Chad, yeah. Chad, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of his stuff, but yeah, you know, I, I, don't I haven't seen forty-two. Yeah, forty-two, forty-two, and uh, yeah, me too, yeah. The, the the problem <laughs> I have here <laughs> is that what they really announced to you were films. That could a continue the status quo. Your Avengers, your your Avengers two and, and therefore three are going to be like Avengers one, but like expanded because they're sequels. Right? Yeah. They won't fail. There's no, no. risk going to be taken. There's no risk, no. Right? Because people Captain still America see three, Thor three, zero risk. Yeah. They're just additional revenue generating Captain America Thor movies. That's all they are, right? Same Guardians. No, Guardians was a lot of risk. The first one was. Like, oh, Guardians 2. Yeah, yeah. Guardians 2. If you, if you repeat what you did in Shit. Guardians 1, zero risk. Right. But I think this is the problem with a movie like Black Panther and the Inhumans. You have two ways you can go here. You can tell a straight up Black Panther, in my opinion, kind of needs to be not like Guardians of the Galaxy in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. But if it is like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's the only way I think that you're going to sell Black Panther to an audience that the majority of the audience does not give a flying rat's ass about Black Panther never will. The majority of the audience. Damn, I hate to say I agree. <laughs> I, I do, I do kind my of job is to disagree, that. but damn. I, I, want, I want to disagree with you. But that's a good point. Like, they can't make it. I think they, they, the good thing is that they've shown that they can do these movies with kind of different scopes. Yes. Like, Guardians is like out there, out in the cosmos, in the universe. Black Panther is going to have to be like Christopher Nolan's Batman to be right. And that's not what Marvel movies are. I well the thing I wonder I I really want to see what the Daredevil series is going to be like because I feel on Netflix because I feel like in terms of like tone in terms of like very like street level kind of stuff it's going to be more similar to that. Um, Possibly unless it's in Wakanda. If it goes there, hanging out in the throne room all the time. There's been a lot of fans who've been very uh, outspoken about their excitement and they have high anticipation over this Black Panther movie. Who are they? Who who is this group of people, this demographic that cheered when Marvel announced, "Hey, we're gonna do Black Panther"? Yo. And how much Black Panther were they supporting for all these damn years? These people. I'm just curious as to who they are, and do you not think they're gonna pay for the tickets? I think, I, no. I think that if they pay for the tickets, it's not enough money to make a movie successful, right? If okay. Black Panther gets a comic tomorrow, and every black person in, in that like could read a comic comes and reads a comic, the comic's canceled in six months. Yeah, right. Well, like, not there's enough not enough. There's that, that is not enough people to make something successful. It is, isn't. You know. It's just not enough. So what you have to do if you're going to do a Black Panther movie is you're going to sell Black Panther to an audience that did not grow up thinking he was a shit 
prior to the new Avengers run of the last couple years. Right? This is the Black Panther that is now being sold to audiences that, that are like a broad audience that kind of digs it, right? Mm-hmm. But prior to that point, that audience didn't read Hovland's series, they yeah. didn't read Christopher Priest's series, and they sure shouldn't read Kirby's shit. They know the Black Panther exists because he guest stars in every damn thing, right? But they did not support when Black Panther was actually in a comic on his own. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole, there's three generations of folks who love Black Panther as a superhero, who wanted to see him in a movie, but now, just like the Wonder Woman film, they all have a different idea of what that needs to be. Yes. There's such a split. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's and that shit ain't split in half. That's split like nine ways. Well, but you don't think by that point, they'll have enough momentum for their movies that they can just turn people out? Like, get people to I think, see it. I mean, if you know, like, you know, like, if because Black Panther, like, theoretically, one of the things could be, if it's a Civil War thing, that he has, Tony Stark starts talking shit and he backslaps Tony Stark. So if if Robert Downey Jr. shows up in Black Panther, that becomes a thing like, well, oh, I Black mean, Panther's part of the thing. Is there really any question that they're going to have other some of the heroes from the other movies? In it's, you know they're like, going to. There's no, there's no question. It. Yeah, there's no that question in my mind. And that, that, to me, that might be enough to get people to go see it. Can I? Can you, that I'm might. Just, I'm just going to throw this out there, just from what you just said. <laughs> the concept that Black Panther, King of Wakanda, like anyone who's a Black Panther fan, Knows why Black Panther's dope. Yeah. Right. They know they know he's basically he's the other Marvel Batman. Yeah. Right? Moon Knight being the other Batman, right? Like they know Black Panther is like Batman prepared. His superpowers to be prepared. <laughs> you know, damn well if you watch sit there in that movie theater and Tony Stark flies his ass to Wakanda to say two words to fucking Black Panther that are out of pocket. <laughs> the movie needs to end right there. <laughs> you know that's how it needs to go down. I ain't gonna go down that way. I agree. They're gonna have to really d- downplay that whole Wakanda so the high technological. That's what we're afraid of. I feel like and if they downplay that, I feel like if they downplay that, there you go. So already, I know. I, if I, Tony Stark flies there and punks him, we got rights. If they downplay <laughs> technological superiority, we got rights. <laughs> if he ain't banging Storm and Beyonce at the same time, and Nicki Minaj waiting right. in the closet, we got yeah, rights. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's all true. What they have to do to make the right Black Panther movie, they're probably not going to do. Because you need to make Christopher Nolan's Batman so that he exists over here and you're hoping he gets three fucking movies and Thor never shows up. There's no, there's no way that's that not going to happen. There's no point no, no. in even, there's no point even doing that because that's not going to happen. Because it won't happen because that's not what Marvel movies really? are. Guardians of the Galaxy showed you. Yes. Iron Man started talking man. shit. Like, he's not going to slap Robert. <laughs> it's like, it would be great wow. if he slapped him, but he's not going to slap him. And it was a great like, cross panel where it's just like, he might. Whap. Like, like, where it's him and Storm visited and they. That was in that I don't remember. So. I remember like. It's definitely. He, it's Civil War related. It's Civil War. Yeah. It's Civil War so related. I, I so I guess Tony Stark shows up and he's like, something like, I'm the bigger, better, whatever, whatever. Like, I need this. And, and Charles like, no. Yeah, no, I, got wanted, to, I, I got to give him shit. He flew to Wakanda because he needed vibranium. And there's like... Or he had at least make sure that no one else could use it because of the war between him and the unregistered heroes. Something, something. He made demands of Black Panther. And it wasn't like a... like It was just like... It was like <laughs> a back like... Whap. What fuck you think you're like, talking to? Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and that was it. Like, it was the right way to approach that. It was totally the right way to approach it. But will that get... like If that doesn't end up in the movie... That may be a problem. Got a problem. So Iron Man shows up, like, bitch, like, oh, oh, wait, hold on, whap, and you get people cheering and shit, like, ah, like, 
Like the Loki Hulk joint. Like, woo, that was awesome. Yeah. If that doesn't happen. Which should have even been a thing that was even in the movie. Wouldn't been, yeah. Because, again, it's like Loki being Loki for the masses, not Loki being Loki from the comics. Fuck Loki sitting around trying to have an actual physical confrontation with the Hulk and the Avengers. <laughs> Fuck did that ever happen? That's stupid. Wizards don't do that. Wizards. Conniving schemers don't do it. Because <laughs> they don't they don't put themselves in the Because they're conniving schemers. You get to ask it. You get like a lackey or something. Right. You go fight him and buy him some time. I movie where James Bond spends two fucking hours trying to find Goldfinger. But like if they did that shit and Goldfinger just walks into the MI6 offices and shit and Bond just shoots him in the head, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like... That shit was. Don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, in the video yeah. game, you got to go through eight thousand lower level dudes to get to the main dude. Yeah. You don't. The main dude doesn't randomly show up. Like, what? just show up at the Louvre. Why are you that sure? We shoot lasers. It was funny. It was. It was funny. And was. that's my problem with fans of Marvel movies. If it's funny, they accept any damn thing. <laughs> any damn. Thing. Sorry, we like to be entertained, Terry. Man, <laughs> unplug and shit, man. Like, I don't know. Of course, your thing with DC is like you like, but you like that dark shit though. You no, like, you like. Okay, you say it's plot driven as opposed to character driven. Kind of okay. I'm tired. I only I brought up the Christopher Nolan shit just back. because I'm trying to like save Black Panther from Marvel movie fans, right? <laughs> but my my actual thing between DC and Marvel is that I recognize that as companies who make comics, they have two different traditional philosophies, and they stick to those things. They can do great things as long as they stay themselves. I don't need one to become more like the other. Stay in your lane. I need them to stay in their lane. Stay in your Marvel lane. is a company of tragedy. If you produce a tragic hero that fans can relate to, or so they think, if you take a classic theme and you add tragedy to it, that character will come out more realistic, quote-unquote. They're tricking you into thinking it's realistic, but it works for Marvel characters. DC is the character of legacy and iconography, right? Like, they want iconic characters, right? They are the, they are the company of, like, sort of, like, paragons, like, Superman is the hero that inspires all of the heroes. Batman is the, capital T-H-E, creature of the night, defender of the night, right? That is who these guys are. Like, they're not, there's nothing, nothing needs to be tragic about Superman. He doesn't need to be dark. Batman, the only needs to be as dark as Batman already is. You can't make him darker. He's already fucking Batman. He's the antithesis in terms of tone to what Superman would be while still being a hero. They seem to be trying to make him that's but because make the people who dark. produce shit for Batman only ever read Frank Miller Batman comics and they stop. Yeah. You tell them to read some shit from the 70s and they realize he's fucking Sherlock Holmes in a cape. Right? That would actually get you somewhere. You can make Batman actually interesting. No, Bruce Wayne's got to be sitting as a fucking recluse up in his room all goddamn day like a petulant nine-year-old. Right? That's what he's got to be. Michael Caine walking up, knocking on the door, trying to hand us some fucking Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Bullshit. I'm not a huge fan of that Gotham series. Kinda... As far as TV That's series. A lot of people are... Checking out. I'm all right with Gotham, but The Flash is fantastic. I oh, like that. shit, I like The Flash. <laughs> Give us all the TV shows you like. Working it in. Keep working it in. Hey, you are masterful at this shit. This is great. The Arrow, I enjoy, and I um, I'm a little, I'm a little. Listen, it's a guilty vice. I know some people look at Arrow and they're like, "What is this? You don't need a brain to enjoy it." It's it's good bubblegum fun. I would they manage to just start six six episodes into the first episode. They managed to squeeze so much of the universe into it on a TV budget. I'm impressed mm-hmm. by that as yeah. well. I mean, yeah. we spun off. We got our spinoff of Flash from the Arrow. And Flash has basically learned every lesson that Arrow had to kind of figure out. Yeah. You know, so Flash at the ground running. No pun intended. 
Yeah. Arrow had to build up. But pun totally intended. I think it's interesting, though, that they're not going to use the, uh, well, they can't. They can't use the TV actor for the upcoming Flash in the film. I think they... They cast the guy already. They did cast the guy already, and <laughs> I'm not sure if it's, I mean, 50, part of me feels like it's a mistake. Why don't you just go ahead? What DC Entertainment said, back even when they did New 52, is they wanted to connect their video game properties to the TV properties to the comics properties across the board. Movie properties. But you're not doing that if you don't have the same actor, right? But if your Flash movie is going to have a slightly different tone, then maybe it's a little confusing to have the movie actor right. Just who's still kind of figuring it out right. get a movie. You know what I mean? I can see where this is. Maybe you don't want this to be a thing. I don't really... It, I can take it or leave it. You know what I mean? I, I think it is a little confusing when some, a lot of people are going to go fucking watch that Flash movie and then have not watched two seasons worth of The Flash itself, go watch The Flash, and it'd be different. I think speedsters just have bad luck. Like, you've got two Quicksilvers. You know, a, twi- a, yeah. a 20th Century Fox Quicksilver, and then now yeah. the other production. Marvel Studios. Yeah. yeah. It's just bad luck. It's not. I mean, that's, what, what's bad luck is trying to basically sell movies as a cash grab. You know, that's why you have that situation. At some point, Marvel, there was no Marvel Studios that existed. You know, but Marvel, the company, absolutely trying to avoid bankruptcy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you sold happens. the rights to make some movies, and then all of a sudden, you can make money on movies. You want them rights back, and the cats are telling you no. We're going to keep relaunching this shit and not give you a damn thing, because that's shit I got a boat to pay for. <laughs> Spider-Man again. Hell yeah, I get it. I understand. I understand. Don't we have to like those, it. Those two recent Spider-Man movies are just I, well, the second they were, movie was oh, they really were amazing. Zing! The guy, the tone of the about the second movie. Yeah, yeah. My problem with the second movie, I waited for him to see it, but I, I felt like you didn't need to do the death of Gwen Stacy. You didn't need Gwen Stacy to die to make that movie impactful. Death of Gwen Stacy had to happen in like 1971 or 72, yeah, whatever that yeah. It was impactful when that happened. Right now, people didn't die characters die all the fucking time. Shit, watch The Wire. Nobody fucking survives that shit. Ah, shake of the week. Like, you, it's not surprising now that the superhero has a loved one who fucking dies. And it's Spider-Man. You think by now we can't count the number of dead people that dude's got on his chest? He's Spider-Man because Uncle Ben is dead. Right. You gotta kill Gwen too. Gwen's not gonna help him. He's not gonna inspire him in way, shape, or form. He could have saved Gwen. So you're saying you weren't moved? He tried to save Gwen. I was annoyed. 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 One of the greatest moments in I just don't I put it on screen. It was supposed to move you. You're supposed to be impressed and happy. I, mean, I was waiting for the rhino to show up. <laughs> I wasn't been a fan of the rhino. Wasn't he a I'm a fan of the rhino. Oh, that's they lame. That was awesome. That was badass. That's lame. Come on. That's oh, lame. I see. If he just actually had a legit plastic no rhino that. suit, that would have made more sense. A magic rhino suit? What is it? Magic or something? It gives him power. I he got bonded to it somehow. I don't have a problem with the Mexican makes sense. I think it's fine. He's got a rhino fucking suit. He's going to rob a Mexican dumbass. You kind of decide what things you're willing to, you know, yeah, suspend, out for. Suspend yeah. disbelief. <laughs> yep. I mean, but you are watching a movie about a dude. You like, accept the goblin can fly around a goddamn kite, <laughs> but you don't want a Mexican rhino. Right. With amazing balance. Yeah. Amazing. Like, yo. Did he have missiles? We had tow clips. And he had missiles and tow clips. Okay, and I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> oh, now I'm on board. Oh, you mean the rhino suit? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see it? No. Okay, if you I see it. I saw the first one. That's why I didn't see the second it's, one. It's right at the end, though. You just got to, you can even just go to YouTube. YouTube, the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. And you'll see the mech suit. And the mech suit's dope. Rhino's pretty great. Man. But didn't they, but I feel like Sony might have learned, learned that lesson. Didn't they push back, push back part three of that? Because the two didn't do as well or something like that? They pushed back. 
they did push back three, but I think there's other factors too. They're like, if if two not doing so well was the issue, they wouldn't have announced the Sinister Six move. You know what I mean? Like they're they're going ahead with some other things, and I think this is part of the other issue with Marvel's announcements about how which movies are coming out and when. It's there is a point in which it is now accepted that Marvel movies are going to happen, right? Sure. So fans and the public don't need to get excited; they just show up or don't. You know, that could happen for Black Panther. It could happen. It could happen for Black Panther. But before this point, you didn't have a Captain America movie. There was no Thor movie. There was no Avengers movie. Right? There was no Iron Man movies. You were basically building up towards something unique. Yeah. That uniqueness has already landed. Right. And now, now I think we're right plateauing. I don't know. Well, I'm worried. We're gonna plateau. I have hopes for the television series. Like I feel like I was I was kind of excited to see what how they would incorporate. The Captain America movie into Agents of Shield, and you know they, they they didn't do the greatest job. I Earth that like, worked I out. I still like I still like Agents of Shield though, but I, I'm it worked out to not have Agents of Shield canceled. So you do enjoy it? I, yeah, I, I like that show pretty good. I, I like I like some of the some of the scenes and everything. I like the cast. Um, and Who's I, the lead character? Scotty Coulson, right? No. Oh, Piper. It can't be Coulson. <laughs> Coulson doesn't really like accomplish things. You know, Coulson more or less, he just, he's Jiminy Cricket. He keeps showing up and, like, telling all the other characters, you know, you got to give this character a chance. You got to give that character a chance. You know, don't ask that question of that character. You know, he's Jiminy Cricket in the fucking show. <laughs> he's conscious. Basically. Conscious he's always so concerned about how his team gels on their, on their plane. You know, that's Coulson's role. I still like it. I don't know who the lead character is. There's no lead character. It's trash. Trick ass question. Really, <laughs> but but that's part of my problem with Agents of Shield. There's no lead character, right? Are they lead characters? They they all equally. But it's about the agency. So how you know? Really? So the most interesting thing about the agency was President Randy Agency. So it's a pro, it's a protagonist group. <laughs> who who as of as of Captain America two ain't running the agency no more. Uh-huh. And there ain't nobody in Shield more interested in Nick fucking Fury. We take Nick Fury away. Now we got just chicks with bobs running around with guns on their hips. That's true. Damn. That Peace to Maria Hill. Trying to kill my, <laughs> trying to kill my entertainment. <laughs> Maria Hill. Who... Peace to Maria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with that. <laughs> what is she? She laughing or what? She's whatever they cast. Fine. She's fine. <laughs> with an O. With an O. With an O. That's for Jeff Smith. That's what Jeff Smith would say. <laughs> Jeff Smith would say she's falling. So, that's what Jeff. Cut that note. Aaron, I'll let you too. Aaron's got a thousand. All right. All right. All right. Laser is leaving the building. Right. Laser. Don't follow me. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> follow that dude. Follow that cat. Talk NBA basketball. Next time. Where? Talk yeah. Derrick Rose's ankles. So, yeah. So, Aaron was actually supposed to, we were supposed to do an NBA thing. And I was supposed that, to play my big name, too. And yeah, because we've been clowning Aaron for the past couple uh, episodes. But, yeah, so we'll Aaron showed that. up. We'll save that for the next we'll episode. We'll save it. We'll All save right. it, though. All right, All right yo. Later. So I like that idea that on the podcast, when the guest leaves, you're here to <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're here because we're doing it in the shop. I got that. We, we did it once in a bar. I'm going to add that as a soundbite. <laughs> get a sample it. Yeah, sample it. <laughs> Your skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. So. I got production skills. I got Matt, you know. I got to edit this joint. But yeah. But, um. <laughs> so, so, yeah. We, we're going to skip the. 
Yeah, the like the NBA thing was all going to be that was going to be Aaron. I was going to let him roll because Aaron had ideas and and, and, and me whatnot. and Aaron can talk NBA, so we will. We'll totally say that. So that'll be a sports. Yeah, thing. I do a fantasy basketball league. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Yes. So cool. you know, but I do sports differently than other people. I'm in the sports purely for numbers and comparisons and shit. Like I, I can't watch a lot of games. Aaron watches statistics. Aaron watches a ton of games. Yeah, I'm, I'm into comparisons. Hmm. So I'm into stories and shit. You know what I mean? Like just like with comics. You know what I mean? I, I I, I need these athletes a lot of times are larger than life figures and I kind of dig that. I watch baseball, I watch football, I watch some basketball but when it comes to fantasy sports I can do fantasy almost anything because it's really just statistical comparisons, right? And I find it hilarious that you're trying to judge between some dude who's scoring 10 points a night, getting 7 rebounds but he's got a free throw percent or a field goal percentage of like 42% there's some other guy 9 points 11 rebounds, different field goal percentage but he shoots threes. You know, like, the fantasy sports, that matters. And that's the fun of fantasy sports. Was it fantasy sports is, was it, is uh, D&D for jocks. I was it about is. to say. Except jocks don't do fantasy sports. Because there's still a lot of thinking involved that traditionally they would get made fun of having to do this analysis, right? They could, they should, in fact. And some, I, mean, I would say some do. Like, there's people who are, fantasy football is kind of a trap. Because it's only a 16-game season. So everybody and their mama would do fantasy football, not thinking they're participating in this incredibly nerdy-ass behavior. But they get out of that. As soon as their team's eliminated, they're done. Right. right? But the same, you're not looking, in a, in a fantasy football comp, uh, situation, you're kind of being told, did your team win is all you're paying attention to. My team lost, and it's because my running back sucks. I need a new running back. Right? But you don't necessarily know you need a running back to do what. Right? You need a wide receiver that does what? A tight end that does what? Like, that's kind of how you make your choices. Right? It's the, the season's so short, you're not really analyzing it that way if you're the average fantasy football fan. Since it's fantasy, can we, like, add lasers and shit to it? You want. You can You can add, do whatever you want. Depending on who's running it. I mean, it's not murder. It's not custom stats. You know, it's not like rope, like murder ball. It's not right. like murder ball. That's, that's, see, that's part of the problem for me. That's, and I understand that. I understand that. But... Until we get to that point, that's all we got. I had a fantasy baseball league one year. Um, well, I was in like four leagues, and it was I was stretched so thin. I knew I would be that one league. I knew I wouldn't win, so I did nothing but draft Canadian baseball players. <laughs> Thematic. I just had to like look. It was, at, a, it was a theme. Yeah, I had to like look <laughs> at like 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 profiles, like all Canadians. I want nothing, I'm gonna I'm gonna suck in this league because I'm already stretched too thin. I know I'm not gonna win. It's free. I want all Canadians on my team. Since it's fantasy sports, can we factor in mob fixes? No. Because, because no one's admitting to a mob fix? Which therefore, I mean, you know there's a fix. Well, you know the, there, there's gambling Thanks. involved. Right. Is why they print sport, uh, uh, point spreads. Point spreads, right. Right? There's definitely gambling as an issue. But no one wants to talk about how necessary the gambling is. Right. You almost had That revenue is the situation. Yeah. Hey, cash moves everything around. You know, the, 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 the when you hit that singularity kind of moment is the point in which a major league franchise allows a team in Vegas. I mean, theoretically, there will be a, they're trying to bring a team. They said they're going to announce next year that the team's come back to LA. Yes, that ain't Vegas. That ain't Vegas, right. Uh, I get that. There's already teams in Arizona, right? But that ain't Vegas. That's Arizona. But they, they want gambling. But, but they don't want a team in Vegas. That's too close well, to home. Well, Vegas doesn't have a... Well, Vegas doesn't have an interest. Yes, I understand. 
We can't use infrastructure. Yeah, I'm There's just a saying. team in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, there are people there. Well, Two teams I mean, in Indianapolis. Well, there's still people in most Jacksonville. Wait, what? Jacksonville has a football team. Two teams. Oh. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm naming, I'm naming big... cities that we don't think of as having infrastructure. The thing is, Florida, Florida is a big football state, though. So, Miami, or they're putting football teams wherever they can. Okay, yeah. Indianapolis makes less sense. Tennessee Titans. Well, hey, they built the infrastructure. <laughs> to steal that team. They said, Houston, you know, y'all playing, y'all playing the Astrodome? Yes. Word? Yes. Uh, we got a better. The Sacramento Kings. The Utah Jazz. Man. Just saying. There's teams in some odd places. <laughs> you know. I'm not, Utah's just odd in general. It is. That's but right. I'll never get on a plane back. I'm going to see a Jazz game. But will you see a Pelicans game? Okay, help me out. It's the New Orleans Pelicans, right? Yes, it is. What was the name of the team before that happened? They were... Um, they were the New Orleans something, weren't they? Yeah. Um, they were the Hornets. But the, the team in Charlotte's the Hornets. Now. They were the Bobcats. Oh, they were the Bobcats before. Yes. Okay, that's that's what was confusing me. Yes. It was the New Orleans Hornets. And when it became the Pelicans, oh, the Charlotte team could Char- become the Charlotte. The Charlotte Hornets started in Charlotte. Yes. Moved to New Orleans. Yes. New Orleans Hornets. Yes. Then the Charlotte Bobcats showed up with yes. Mikey Jordan and everything. Yeah. And uh, Robert Johnson. Man. Right. Whatever, whatever. So Charlotte decides. So New um, New Orleans decides. Okay, you know what? We're going to rebrand our stuff. Whatever, whatever. We're going to give up the Hornets name, give it back to Charlotte. So, so Charlotte becomes the Hornets again. Okay. And Charlotte can all the so the Muggsy Bogues era. All and Larry stuff, Johnson era stuff. Yeah, back. we're going to give them their stuff that stuff back. Okay. So we become a new team that starts now. Yes. So basically, new. Charlotte then gets the stats of the team that moved to New Orleans, even though that team doesn't really exist. They get to say, as the, as the Bobcats get, get to say, we have the history well, of the Hornets. The Hornets, yes. The Hornets, okay. yes. The Hornets get to say, yeah, we went to New Orleans, but we're back, but we have the history of Charlotte, New Orleans, and Charlotte again. Yes. Okay. This is not. This has happened before. Um, I seem to remember, but like I was trying to remember this yesterday. They haven't moved back. That's yeah. the thing. Every like. Utah hasn't moved back from New Orleans. The Ravens were going through something like this where it was like the Browns showed up. There was a brand new Browns team, and yeah. I think they wanted the history of the Browns, but the that Browns had become the history of the Ravens. Yeah, Browns said, screw you because it's ours. Yes. Well, because Cleveland was actually kind of mad that the Ravens Art Modell, that Art Modell screwed them over yes. and moved them to Baltimore. Okay, all right. All right, well, you get anything else you like, man? Like many things, let's see. <laughs> I like many things. Interestingly enough, like yourself, I've been looking for new music. Yeah. And um, I came across this rap artist. I'm not even sure how I feel about him yet, because <laughs> he's that out there. I don't know if you guys heard his cat called Faces. You heard of Faces? I've heard of Faces. He's got this one track called Prototype that I like a lot, and it's weird because it starts out. With a soundbite talking about this giant meteor coming to Earth. It's probably something he grabbed from YouTube or something. This guy is going on about, oh, it was supposed to kill us in 50 years. And meanwhile, he's also overlaying that with a soundbite talking about this ancient race that supposedly visited Earth and seeded our our race, the human race, to mine for gold for them. And I was like, this guy is really out there. (laughs) 
And then he proceeds to rap about being a member of this race. And I was at first, I was like, do I hate it? And about halfway through, I'm like, Deltron type shit? Almost, Terry. Okay, all right. It's we, almost like Deltron, like Deltron, but with way more bite. Okay. Like it's, could we like Deltron? He he walks the razor's edge. He's that guy you can't play for all your friends. You can play for some of your friends. The others are going to be like, I don't know if we can still be friends. You know, it's that type of guy. Because one of the songs is about him talking to Satan. And I haven't figured out how I feel about that one yet. I'm definitely on board with Prototype. Well, mm, in terms of lyrical content, in terms of risks and stuff like that, you need to be a lyricist, a good lyricist, yeah. to do it and get away with it. Right. I mean, you can explore this stuff like Raskaz had a thing where he broke down eight minutes called Nature of the Threat, mm-hmm. where he broke down why, you know, basically European history mm-hmm. and how it was just eight minutes of him rhyming about European history. And he has a thing where is the guy talking to the devil. You know, he does two voices when God is saying, no, I want followers and the devil's going, people fear you because, you know, it's all this other stuff. And that's fine. And that's some stuff that you get. That like, sounds oh, great. It actually <laughs> it is. does, doesn't it? It actually is. Um, but Ra- I've, I've loved Raskas since jump since like we started back in the nineties. But that kind of thing, like the thing you're referring to, you have to be good to pull it off. You have to be good. I think he is. I think he is. From what I've I've heard prototype, I've heard a couple of like kind of snippets, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, but the Deltron thing comes up, comes to mind because. That's what that was Dell's thing. Dell was like, I'm just out here. Just don't mind. It's theater, you know. I mean, it's, but it's Del not like an right MF Doom theater. kind of joint where it's theater, where it's just, I'm just going to say the most outlandish shit, rhyme the most outlandish shit, and kind of vaguely kind of tie it into this theme right. thing and not show up for shows. But <laughs> that's kind of yeah, that's a, that's, yeah. But it hasn't cost them fans, which kills me. Let's wrap this. All right. And then we'll schedule the next shit. We'll bring Whitney back and bring Arian back because I want Whitney to talk about more shit Whitney's into. I'm in all sorts of games and Whitney's stuff. Catalyst. Nothing with what's the change. It's, it's role playing, but it's friendly role playing. It's kind of paper role playing. Yeah, because we wouldn't be friends. That's right. See, there it is again. There's a- there it is. All right. All right. This has been episode three of Stakes is High, the Black Nerd Podcast. <laughs> I've been your host, um, Troy Hunter, at Tall Black Guy on the Twitters, Tumblers, and all that good stuff. I am Terry Gant, aka at Doc Midnight. I am the owner and operator of Third Coast Comics in Chicago's Edgewater neighborhood, 6234 North Broadway in Chicago. Boom. And special guest, Whitney Barber. Don't let the FBI know that I was here. I'm I mean, I mean, I but you just know. said you government, so we're kind of done there. <laughs> you put your whole government out there. <laughs> you put your whole government. You say your whole name and then say, "Don't tell the police." Don't tell the police that. Word up, me, Aloysius Barber. Cletus <laughs> Jenkins is my name. <laughs> so you know, the, the, the calling at Barber dot com. That's right. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So this has been a th- this has been a thing. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for participating in everything. We're gonna catch y'all episode four coming at some point. So this has been a production. We're gonna check y'all. Peace. Peace. Yeah, yeah.